Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. I am your resident optimistic nihilist based in New York from Australia. Oh my God, why did I just have a brain fart? (laughs) Did you glitch? I really did. Sorry, guys. Sometimes my skin suit glitches. Um, I need a software upgrade. So please excuse me. Um, But Flex, what are you here to do today? Have fun. We're here to have fun. (laughs) Every week, my answer will get more and more brief as I make my transition back to ignorance. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, once you're out the matrix, it's there's no turning back, hey? Like, you now, it's this is what it is. This is reality. We'll see. <laughs> she says, we'll see. So today, I'm really excited for today's conversation. We're talking about self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, which comes at a good time because Goop's... Have you seen the new Goop documentary? I have. I mean, I, I only watched three episodes. So the acid one, the vulva one, and one more. The water one, probably. But yeah, that's it. I stopped watching it. Yeah, I've seen I just prefer YouTube. And- like I want to like, t- I want to jump in for a cute half an hour and one video, jump out, jump mm. back in, you know, no storyline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think Goop is an interesting company because that's essentially what they're selling. Uh, but in order to sell self-love, you also have to sell uh, self-loathing. I also think this is an interesting conversation to have because you were talking on your story and also in our Facebook group about how you were interviewing people at a festival and essentially asking them to name three things that they love about themselves and why. Mm -hmm. And the majority of people refused to answer or just couldn't answer a simple, small, small question. Well, it's not simple, (laughs) but a small, small question like, do you love yourself, bitch? Yeah. Um, And uh, there's a lot to unpack there. We should. We also need to talk at length about Gwyneth Paltrow and like the fact that Goop is like (laughs) built their whole empire on unfounded claims and... Like and also stealing from indigenous practices and then repackaging them and selling them to white people <laughs> at a premium. I'd like, I just... <laughs> but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have um, you heard of earthing? I've heard of what, sorry? Have you earthing? heard of earthing? Yeah. No. What's earthing? So um, it is the practice of walking barefoot on grass... Oh, I was going to say, on these common streets. <laughs> <laughs> but even, yeah, like even, I think it actually is coined by Gwyneth herself, the queen of white women. Gwyneth, I'm honestly, I'm fascinated by her. Um, but yeah, it basically, earthing is just walking on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mostly people do it on the grass, but just walking barefoot outside, which mm-hmm. I think also, 
I've always wondered, like, why are white people always barefoot? And <laughs> realize that it's because they have no natural predators, so they don't need to be running the ways that um, we do. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the the fact that they could take something as simple as being barefoot and selling it to rich white women as a revolutionary concept amazing. I'm inspired <laughs> it's actually amazing Let me but yeah we'll check. we'll discuss this um yes yeah. so basically Instagram I was at an Australian self-love. music festival mm. and I was um doing some content with a brand and we decided that we would read out reflex cards to these people because it'd be funny and we picked like not uh, not hard questions but questions we thought would be like easy or would like invoke like funny responses just like some quick sharp content nothing too serious mm. and so we picked up maybe like 10 or so cards um and i noticed after about interviewing maybe like 30 people and shout out to any of you who came up to me that was sweet and you made my day because it was getting dry Anyway, so at about 30 people, I started realizing a trend, a bit of an observation. Mm. And there was one card that I would ask people that just had an adverse response every time. And that card was, as Bobo said, name three things you love about yourself and why. Now, when I made this card and put it in the deck, I assumed it'd be a feel good card, like a simple, easy, like, let's stop shitting on ourselves. Let's just Mm. do this exercise you know if perhaps you if you're playing with someone you can see if you love them for the ways for the reasons why they also love themselves i thought it'd be light no so it was anguish there was three like main responses when i would ask this question the first was an outright refusal to answer um which is also matched with physical discomfort people were wincing they looked immediately uncomfortable and were forcing me to ask them just anything different when i tell you people people were like you know their shoulders were hunched they looked like i i couldn't even explain they looked like I would have said, like, like I caught them in the act or something. Like the equivalent mm. of like your mum walking in on you having sex and you're yeah, just like so yeah. embarrassed. It was bizarre. The yeah. second one was they said they didn't love anything about themselves. Just Wild. hands down. Not even, yeah. I, I wouldn't even say the majority of people were trying to be funny. They're like, oh no, I, what, like, what is there? And the Imagine. third, the third question was people would refer to things um, they were wearing as opposed to personality traits or physical characteristics. So I love my shirt. Oh, like I really love my hair today. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah. So were again, you, wait, were you interviewing mostly women or men? No, that's the thing. It, it was like, I would say a good half, half. Wow. And there are some people who were drunk, people who were on other substances, people were sober. Like there was a fair mix because for the, um, the broadcast I was doing it for, like it's not a broadcast station for women. It was for, you know, young people. So I needed to make sure that everybody was represented as, as fairly as possible. So, you know, there was like a nice mix of people, or at least I tried to make sure. Now I, when I spoke about this on my Instagram story, I did want to preface it by saying it's not shade or, you know, an attack, just an observation on the idea of like self love. And basically I can acknowledge that loving all of yourself at all times is completely unrealistic. Um, Mm. But I just didn't think that acknowledging specifics would be as difficult as it was at the time. Um, And similar to the body positivity movement and how we can acknowledge that, you know, it it might cause more harm than good forcing people to love a body that they just physically cannot. 
Um, maybe that's how we should be navigating, you know, self-love. Like, is yeah, love from a place difficult? Of self-neutrality. And like through my analysis of this entire situation, I started to feel really, really naive because, of course, I understood that people just didn't have this like outright inflated sense of self with an ego as as large as Mars, and they would just be able to rattle off a few things. I don't mm. didn't think that at all. I thought that they might say things that were superficial. You know what I mean? Like, I love my boobs, you know, I love my teeth. The, I thought those things would come out far sooner than I would hear someone go, no, I love my ability to be objective in a lot of situations. That's what I assumed it would, what would be happening. Yeah. I was really interested in the fact that when I told people that I, when I explained the responses to other people, they were saying, well, yeah, duh. Like, what did you think was going to happen? And I was like, wow. What? so we were all just walking around these common streets knowing that people not even couldn't name things they love about themselves but would sooner publicly have a a self-disdain it was so 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 odd and then I was like okay so why could this be because you know sitting into naivety wasn't going to work very well for me and then I thought like self-love culture self-care culture Mm. is so rampant and at the very least i thought it had propelled us further away from this idea of self-deprecation hate or dislike that even if you didn't fully love yourself you were closer to it than before because so much in the media is reminding you that self-love is a concept that you know should be adhered to um because even if you want to dodge it there's shit everywhere that's reminding you like make sure you're good to yourself and like whatever right And then, like, I can understand, like, comparison culture and, like, bad experiences, maybe a lack of affirmation in your childhood or, you know, the ability to not be introspective can make it difficult Mm. to love yourself. Totally. No, I understand, like, physiological things or psychological things, your health, all of these things make it difficult to love yourself. Absolutely. And then I was like, so with that aside... All this programming that the media does and society and the patriarchy, all this programming and conditioning they do to make sure that we improve and amend ourselves to this like higher standard. I would have assumed that when people start improving themselves, it would increase the the, the amount of love they have for themselves. But perhaps mm. it's done the opposite and have highlighted or illuminated all the things, all the ways that people think they might not be good enough. So when society tells me, absolutely, in order to be perceived as successful, you need to work harder, have more money, have nice things. And so I get those things and therefore I feel good about myself. But for the other people, they're like, oh, I don't have these things. Therefore, I won't right. feel good about myself until I have those things. Yeah. But this is what Goop is selling. Like, yeah. this is, yeah, essentially what it is. Yeah. The Goop medium. And then, so that was fair. And then... um. I started a conversation thread in the Bobo and Flex Facebook group in addition to a chat on Instagram stories. And there are a lot of good theories as to why this, um, like this was happening, why people, and in this case, Australians, Australian adolescents and young adults at a festival don't really love themselves. Like if, you know, whatever. And the first thing that came up was this Australian tall poppy syndrome. And that this shit comes up in every fucking conversation about why Australians are the way they are, because, you know, being perceived as humble or casual or mm. um, relaxed, comedic, humorous, these are all valued and amplified. And people mm. who have this, you know, maybe innate sense of self-love are kind of brought down to the ground. Because, you know, you don't mm. want to seem like you're cocky or you're snobby or whatever. So people would prefer to combat the perception of that by saying that they don't like themselves or taking any opportunity to you know make fun of themselves which i understand 
But again, there's so much Australian culture that we have separated ourselves from. Like there is the perception that Australians are inherently racist. And so we try really hard to make sure that we're not bundled in with that way of being. So is this, and then I think like, is tall poppy syndrome or this idea of that, is that, is that like a geographical? Is that in your community? Is that in Wait, your family what's structure? Tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy. So that's what you call when you like cut somebody down. So if you know poppies are flowers and yeah. they look really lovely when they're, when they're in a field and they're all the same like height. And so if there's one oh, that's too tall, you cut it yeah. so it matches the length of the other ones. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So people were referencing place? that a lot, and so I was like, yeah, but like there's not one homogenous Australian experience. So who is reinforcing mm. this idea that you can't outwardly love or affirm yourself, right? Yeah. And then when talking about things that we did love ourselves about ourselves, were people referring to things they were affirmed for most often, the, the skills they might have to use more often than other skills, you know, mm. like what they, what they perceive that others like about them. Is that what they like about themselves? It just or maybe got- like even what they perceive to be the most important things about themselves. So yeah. like women would probably focus more on appearance, whereas That's men it. more on logic and intellect and reason. Whew. So yeah, mm. and basically that conversation, like there are, I feel like there are a lot of theories that hadn't been um, perhaps like um, analyzed to its most granular point. Like nobody kept asking why, like, okay, if that is the reason, if, if it's tall poppy syndrome, then why is that still as pervasive as it is? Oh, because, mm. you know, we haven't, we haven't set out to unlearn it well why haven't we done that and then why 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 until we figure it out whatever but then I started to think like is this idea of self-love really unrealistic because I would say that most people haven't really had a healthy representation of of love of Mm. what it is to love how to be loving how to express and receive love to others because that's where the emphasis is initially and so if we don't know what love is or how to love or how to receive love then how can we give that to ourselves in a really practical way and not in a showy like oh my god of course I love myself I'm so funny ha 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 but like in a fundamental like granular state like I just love me as I am because it's all I have you know oof it just I was so confused no there's so much to unpack I mean one not to like get to this point in every single episode but capitalism it is just there we go you know (laughs) it is just impossible to love yourself (laughs) under capitalism unless you absolutely self-isolate from all of your external forces and you don't consume any media you know like it's just impossible because the economy thrives off of self-loathing so there's that and then I also think I am very dubious of the happiness industry I think the happiness industry is as much of a scam as the self-love industry not only because I don't think those two things are that va- I don't I don't think any of those things are valuable. I also think they're unrealistic. And it, 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 there's also a paradox in pursuing happiness or love in that, like focusing on one thing as opposed to like the full spectrum and experience of being alive. It, it's, it's just not helpful or valuable at all. And then on another hand, I also think this is very cultural and racial and gendered. I do think probably in Australia, like just from hearing you talk about like the cultural landscape there, I'm assuming thing it's like probably very similar to British culture where like self-deprecating humor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
um, humility and things like that, like that, like hyper politeness is yeah. sort of like the status quo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least casual. Like there's like this, this emphasis of being casual. You don't care too much. You don't do too much. You don't say too much. You don't show too much. You're not too extra. Mm. Yeah. I think that, I think that is very cultural. So before I lived in New York, I used to live in LA and I don't think LA is a real place at all. So I really wouldn't even (laughs) (laughs) compare it to like anywhere else culturally, but I don't think the people in LA are real. And I don't think the place itself is real. And I think if you had done this in Los Angeles, the, the answers would have been very different. I almost think people in LA, well, actually, well, I want to differentiate between self-importance and self-love. And I think the two work symbiotically, but there's a very thin line between the two. So I think in cultures like Australia and England, um, self-importance is one of those things that's frowned upon. Um, And because of that, humility is sort of like the status quo. It's something that people aspire to. Whereas in LA or even in New York, but a lot more in LA, self-importance is the order of the day. Like it is what we're doing. It's what everyone is encouraged to do. Um, so if you were to, I I honestly feel like in LA people love themselves too much. I'm just like, everyone relax. So it's really interesting. And then again, I also think that women, because femininity is defined in, in reference to masculinity, women are sort of encouraged to, to make themselves smaller, to take up less space, to always be less. And that goes hand in hand with humility. I personally don't understand the concept of humility. Like, I don't understand why anyone needs to be humble. But it's it's something that's sold to us as women as something virtuous. And even if you do love yourself, I feel like a lot of people would rather perform humility than to outwardly claim themselves and to take up space. Because that's just not what we've been conditioned to do. It's so interesting. The whole thing is such a bizarre concept. Yeah. I just can't get past the fact that people, like, who I was speaking to, like, or in my DMs would sooner justify why it's, like, why it's understood. Like, because, like, this is my thing, right? Mm. Of all the ways that we try and improve ourselves just to not be seen as mediocre, right? So, like, all, yeah. all the yeah. insecurities that That's we have paradox. from being perceived as mediocre. We want to be smarter, prettier, thinner, perceived as being better, good, virtuous. And you do all this shit. You give yourself all these insecurities, all these anxieties because you're not good enough. And then you still don't love the work <laughs> you've done so far. Like, what is the point? <laughs> like, what are we... How are we adopting all these behaviours with the... um? with the onus to self-improve but even on that journey it hasn't improved your perception of self well here's the paradox right moving towards self-love means rejecting parts of yourself that you don't love and the more that you reject those parts of yourself the more that they increase in size and in magnitude and so I think self-love becomes a paradox in that way because you spend less time appreciating yourself and more time rejecting part of yourself, parts of yourself. And in doing that, you just end up hating yourself. And that's that is a product of capitalism is to always keep you in this constant insatiable pursuit 
of illusory destinations that will never nourish you or fulfill you. But the more you pursue them, the more you have to reject things that are the antithesis of the things that you're pursuing. So it just becomes a vicious cycle and a self-fulfilling paradox. And the only result is self-hate. And so for me, I think... I don't value self-love at all, but I do value self-understanding slash self-awareness slash self-compassion. Self-awareness at the top. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think as soon as you... We all have things about ourselves that we don't like. Instead of rejecting them, what we need to do is understand them because it's in understanding them that they, that they disappear. The more energy you spend on being anti-this as opposed to being pro-this... The anti thing, the thing that you're pushing against will, because you're putting more attention on it, will only grow in size. And the more that the things that you don't like about grow in size, the more that you hate yourself. And the thing about capitalism is before it can sell you a solution, it has to sell you a problem. So before it can tell you that you need clear skin, it has to remind you that you have terrible skin. (laughs) So... What you end up doing is focusing all of your energy on how terrible your skin is. And the more you do that, the more terrible your skin becomes. Because instead of focusing your energy on how the good things about your skin, yeah, it's basically just all of that. And so I do think self-love will always be a paradox. And I also think anything that sells you, I don't think you can buy it. I don't think it can be found outside of you. And the reason people hate themselves more and more is because they're always looking for validation, attention, and love outside of themselves. And it's never there. It'll always just be a paradox. Tea? <laughs> this tea is very always, delicious. <laughs> the way I viewed it, and I wanted to wait until you finished mm. so I could think about it properly. But like when I, when I develop self-love, mm. it doesn't make me how do I word this like when I think about the things I love about myself Mm. and when I think about the things I dislike about myself what I love about myself makes me feel like I have permissions to not focus on the things I dislike yeah so if I could if I love my ability to like put aside my personal feelings to have a critical discussion right so Mm. I can talk to a racist white person and be like you know the end justifies the means if I can get my point across and it's understood fine then the things I hate about myself like being a picky eater feels justified because I'm doing so well in this area and I've less to focus about no part of me is like oh I'm doing so well here and I'm also plagued by things I don't like it just I just have more things to affirm. Mm. And I just, not that I thought that everyone had done it that way, but I guess I hadn't thought at length as to why I don't feel implored to change the things I don't like about myself, as opposed to just working on things I do like. I think that's because you're really self-aware. So I think a lot of people are pursuing self-love without pursuing self-awareness. And the two cannot coexist, like at all. I think for you, you pursued understanding before love. And that is the only order that that can go. But if you're trying to love yourself without understanding yourself or without being aware of yourself, how can you? Mm. Like, how could that ever work? And we can see how a ton of people have got there because none of the rhetoric around self-love was like, but first understand why you are this way. And Mm. that's why I was so, maybe, and perhaps that's why there's been this massive uptake towards astrology um, 
because it's it's showing people themselves reflected back at themselves in a way that mm. hasn't been done before. I'm yeah. very interested as, as to why people who don't identify as being spiritual have sooner trusted astrology as a source of self-understanding as opposed to psychology and personality typing. Yeah. Look. And like, because I know that people who um, dislike personality typing say that it's not... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like it's, it's not um, based in science. It's not legit, and it can be debunked. I'm like, so can a lot of things. So can everything. If you're looking at it from your personal <laughs> lived experience, yeah. but I'm like, I would sooner be like, let me go do a personality test than let me go read my daily horoscope for some insight into myself. But that's just me. Mm. So yeah, I can I can definitely understand why like if why your self love journey has been cooked if you're just trying to take yourself at face value. Because <laughs> like, what's that's silly. <laughs> But also, do you think self-love is, like, why, why? Well, I mean, like, the thing, when I think about self-love as a concept, mm. like, I in theory, there are so many things I feel like people shouldn't love about themselves. <laughs> so many things yeah. I don't love about myself. Yeah. And, like, that's understood. And I feel, feel like there's been some miscommunication around why the theory exists. I feel like if you're going to be able to be a well-rounded person in this life, if you're going to be able to like muster up the energy and courage to keep doing anything, you mm. need to, it like, would it not be on the basis of wanting to like love and enjoy? Mm. Right? Because yeah. like, isn't this what we're doing? Like I, from my understanding, when people have, when people have something in their life that they dislike, it's because there's no love there. I don't like my job. I don't love my job. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't fulfill me. Yeah. I'm unhappy with my romantic relationship because I don't have love. I have a fucked, you know, familiar dynamic because there's no love. Like, I don't love, I'll have a lust for life because I don't have any hobbies that make me want to enjoy myself. We're all just chasing love in so many ways. Yeah. That it's beyond me that we haven't figure, figured out, like, why? Like, I'm not saying everybody has to love themselves, but it's like, why all this self-turmoil if you're not going to? <laughs> But that's I just think relax and hate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually such a good, such an interesting question. I think one of the reasons is because people frame love as a feeling and not an action. So people complain about not having self-esteem and they want to feel good about themselves, but they don't realize that to build self-esteem, you have to do esteemable acts. Like you're not just gonna think your way into self-esteem like you have to do things that reflect who you want to be and that's how you get self-esteem a lot of things are backwards like I think a lot of people are just like I'm gonna chant 10 affirmations every day I love myself and then at the end of the year you still don't love yourself and it's because like bitch but like what did you do to reinforce that it's really wild (laughs) like I just I mean, I understand like the journey to like where you are and where you want to be isn't going to be like literal or Mm. even linear in any sense. Like you need to go up, down, backwards, left, right and whatever. But at any point in time, are we all doing the necessary work to not even make sure, but to um, increase the chances of our destination if we ever get there being exactly what we want it to be? So, like, why, why, okay, let's say, like, if we're going to do self-love in terms of, like, uh, emotional involvement, right? Like, I'm going to go to be more emotionally intelligent. I'm going to learn how to express my emotions better. I'm going to be able to decipher what triggers me and what doesn't. 
for what end game? Because then if you do yeah, all that work yeah. and still and still perceive emotions to be, you know, flighty or, you know, um, negative or like all this stuff, then like, what's the point? Like you've got to hold in it, sure, but you still don't have, like, I'm just confused. I don't understand. This, I'm, I'm actually also very, con- yeah. What is and, the and end I, game? Yeah. I can also acknowledge not everybody is actively like doing their fucking chance and, you know, like becoming more emotionally intelligent for an end game. I totally get that. Perhaps this conversation of self-betterment hasn't trickled down to the mainstream in a way that it should. But then <laughs> if you're not inundated with all this media and like how you should improve yourself and you just live in your kind of like, in your kind of insular silo then like mm. what what don't you love about you in this individual space not affected by the media around you Ooh. okay well what is what is your relationship with yourself like how are you feeling about flex i like myself and yeah. like the do you thing love is, yourself I, I love myself and I, I feel like it's because as soon as i realized because i was i was that person i would say in high school especially I was so confused as to why that I would ever be disliked. Like I just mm. didn't understand because so much of my day to day was having to be different in order to be perceived as being worthy. So like, if that's yeah. like my mom saying like, don't wear your hair that way, wear your hair this way because you know, it looks messy or people are going to think you're not clean or don't wear that mm. shirt, wear this shirt because that shirt looks like you're some yeah. grubby, you know, rock, rock and roll teenager where you should yeah. be, you know, all these things. So always mind like always changing and you know once changes had been made being affirmed for those hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This changes. So mum said, well, don't wear your hair that way, wear it that way. And then I went to school and everybody liked my hair. Therefore, I yeah. now feel good about my hair. Like it was that yeah. linear and perhaps really immature, but it worked enough for me. So now when there are things I don't like about myself, I've now deduced, yeah, I might not like it, but I also, I'm not going to work to change it. And there are a ton of things that I do like that what I don't like seems inconsequential. Like, mm. is it going, is it really going to change my life to like, you know, I don't know, to shave my legs every day. Cause I like yeah. the way my legs look when they've got no hair on them. Yeah. I no. Feel so that. I just yeah. leave them. And then yeah. every month and a half I go shave them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting, but I also have noticed that like, um, and I don't know if this works for everyone, but how I've chosen to improve myself aligns with the way that society also wants me to improve myself. So Mm. like society says that like, we like successful people. We like people who are perceived to be valuable. We like people who add value. And so it so happens that I express myself in that way and who knows what came first, chicken or egg or whatever. And so it works well for that way. But like, let's say I want to be an anarchist you know, <laughs> I want to be a nihilist. Society yeah. really doesn't affirm that behavior. So perhaps I would love myself less if that was the path or the path or how I wanted to express myself and it wasn't perceived in that way. Mm. Who knows? But it's just, 
Now, and it's interesting though, because although I don't, although I think it's unrealistic for me to, uh, for me to say that everybody should love themselves, I am skeptical or I, and, or I would be skeptical of engaging with people who didn't have an outright love for themselves. Do you know what I mean? Cause so let's say I was, let's say I was making a friend, right? I had come yeah. across a person we were going, like it was going well. We had things we wanted to talk about and then we get into this topic of self-love and they were, they responded in the way that I mentioned earlier, discomfort, couldn't say anything or whatever mm. and who to chose to amplify those initial responses and think deeper well i'd be like well no i i just i i don't relate to you fundamentally and then i also weary of people if you can't take the time out to remind me why you invest in yourself then why am i investing in you <laughs> like is this yeah. just this back and yeah. forth where you don't love yourself and then you can't love me you don't treat yourself right so you can't treat me right is that what we're doing here yeah so and again i understand people don't love themselves but it just contradicts how i like it contradicts like how i see the world like from top to bottom like i don't see how i could engage with somebody who doesn't love themselves like in like in day-to-day life not no on day to day fine like I don't really care but on like yeah. an intimate level like yeah. a close friend a family member a partner like a like, boyfriend you don't yeah. love yourself and now what yeah, and also that's gonna bleed into you yeah because I started to think okay maybe it's the phrasing of the question because you know like I said before a lot of people don't have or haven't had a really good indication of what love is how to express it how to receive right. it you know right. how to unpack it so perhaps if I'd asked somebody what they valued about themselves it would have gotten a different response. Or perhaps it would have been worse because is is value a stronger emotion for most people than love? Because I would yeah, say a lot of people don't comfort. experience love. Like, I'd be curious to hear what the answer of are you comfortable with yourself? Oof. You know, because I think that's even more important than loving yourself. Like, are you just... Because you live inside your skin suit 24 hours a day. So are you comfortable in that skin suit? Like, are mm. you cool? And then you know? also what I find when I ask questions like this is that um, let's say uh, I ask somebody a reflex question. Let's say, are you comfortable with yourself was a reflex question. Yeah. I would say 80% of the time, the initial response is we'll define comfort. I would say, well, how you perceive comfort is what I want to know. Cause mm. if I say, are you comfortable with yourself? And then your response is, Oh, what do you mean? Do I like my body? That in itself says enough. Yeah. Yeah. If your response is, Oh, well, like, what does it matter to be comfortable? It works. That says enough. Yeah. So, like, it, it doesn't even matter how the question is phrased because yeah. how you interpret it says so much more than what how my you intention it of the is question the answer. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For That's real. really interesting. It happens all the time when um I have... Uh, so when I asked someone a question, I think one of the questions I had on um, the cards was, would you rather be misunderstood or ignored? Because how I interpreted it is, <clears throat> I find it really difficult to be misunderstood because I go out of my way to make sure I'm articulating myself as clearly as possible or coming up with alternate ways to articulate myself so I'm understood. And if you still don't understand me, then it's really frustrating because that reminds me that every interaction I have with someone is not just is the outcome isn't based on how I want it to be. It's mm. just like people are people, right? So I would, would much rather be ignored because at this point I can live my own life. I'm not sort of like a slave to the responses of how people perceive me. 
And it's big enjoyment, you know? But right. when I would ask that question on Instagram, they would say, well, misunderstood in what context? Why does well, it matter? Well, you decide. <laughs> you decide. And they're like, oh, do you mean like when someone doesn't, when does, someone doesn't, um, you know, understand which emoji you use? I'm like, if that's the height of what you think misunderstanding oh, oh is, then sure. And then tell me what you would rather. <laughs> like, that this is, is really interesting. I mean, also something that you brought up emojis Something I also find interesting is that I think there's a lot of performative self-love. No, I think there's a lot of self-importance. There's a lot more self-importance than there is Mm self-love. The dissonance between people's online personas versus their in real selves is incredible. Yeah. When you go on people's Instagram profiles, it's ass and titties out for days it's mm-hmm. it's selfies it's you're gassing yourself up in the comment section but when you go out and you have brunch with these very same people they are insecure they're uncomfortable in their skin they don't like the you know what i mean yeah so i also think that that dissonance like the fact that we have to curate an online persona and make sure it's as perfect as possible and then you look at your in real self and the proximity to the perfection of your digital persona is very far and that creates even more self-hate and self-loathing than if you were never trying to curate an impossible version of you in the first place Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you're now prioritizing a version of you that doesn't actually exist over your real life self there's there's no room for self-love to grow in an environment like that like fundamentally i really also question if self-love and social media can coexist like on one hand you're bombarded with lifestyles and people's bodies and skins and just general skin suits that you'll never have and you're comparing that highlight reel to your everyday regular degular life how do we love ourselves you know like there's all this pressure to love yourself and that pressure to love yourself creates an impossibility of loving yourself but I think the pressure comes from if we're analyzing self-love from a very Hollywood standpoint where love Mm. is like roses and flowers and smiles and all that and it's like not (laughs) like love is consistency but it's also realism as well Like, the people I love, it's not because they're top-to-toe upstanding citizens who don't make mistakes, who are giving Mm. and virtuous. It's like, nah, because they're consistent. They show me who they are. I like who they are. And therefore, enough of that consistency has made me love them. Their individual characteristics I could critique for days. And I do. (laughs) But that doesn't doesn't make me love them less or even love them more. It's separate to the fact that I love them. So I think when we're looking at like self-love as a concept, as being really one dimensional to say that if I love myself, that means I'm void of insecurities or void of flaws or unable to um, dislike anything about myself. That's where the issue comes through. Mm, No, I mean, I think, of course I agree with you and I think we know that, but I don't think that's how people are experiencing themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, the experience of the self is always in relation to others 
And when capitalism sells you the idea that you're not enough always, you have to look outside of yourself to think, well, how can I fill myself up so I can be enough? And now because of social media, you're bombarded with images, unrealistic images like highlight reels of people's lives. And it just creates an impossible, that's just an impossible environment for self-love, you know? At what point, though, is do we start taking responsibility for our individual experience within capitalism and within society? Because I think in a lot of ways, like we can acknowledge that society says this and then we do the adverse because it makes us feel good. Society Mm. says that we conform to Eurocentric standards of beauty and then we lean in to like, you know, alternate forms of beauty because it makes us feel better and we can do that consciously. Society Mm. says that you should eat a certain way and then we do the alternate and still feel good because we found power in doing so. So I think when on the topic of self-love to say that it's hard to break through because society says so, there are so many avenues in which we do like in which we do the opposite of what society would deem to be the worthy thing. And we move. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that that's also that's such a good question because it's also like a very difficult and thin line, Mm. like the line between assimilation and Mm self-erasure. And like a small example of that is like, so me as a black girl, for example, I know that I can't get a job with my kinky 4C hair if I want to be an accountant or if I want to work in Hollywood or whatever the case is. So to a certain extent, I have to erase parts of my blackness to assimilate. And it's it's hard for me to accept my full self, knowing that society doesn't accept my full self. But on another hand, it's also a revolutionary act to accept my full self in spite of what society says. But then it's a question of, am I willing to forego survival and access for self-love? And like, to what extent? Do you know what I mean? Which also but do you sort think that extreme is for the average person? Like, we're not to, mm. like let's say in your case, and that would be particular, like particularly different to the average listener. Like you would be yeah. a black queer woman in New York, as opposed to a white Australian. Mm. Do you know? Like yeah. the privileges yeah. are like, they're crazy, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so, yeah, white people don't have to assimilate. So, well, I am confused by why do white people not love themselves when society is run by you? Like what? I it's mean, similar of course, to this I'm discussion not, we were having, not, um, about I think we were speaking a couple a few episodes now about how um what was it about when people say that um women who identify as feminists should be doing more to amplify um some of the um uh, I guess what do you call it some of the hardships of being a man and then a lot yeah. of the internet response was where well, the patriarchy is made by men for men so if you are suffering poorly from it that's not our problem. Like with all the privilege you have, and you still can't get it together. What more can women do for you? Mm. So like in this instance, like with the, con- with the concept of self love and we're talking about self love in relation to privileged people and not just white people, but privileged people, people who can yeah. acknowledge I have privileges. Like rich people. What else yeah. needs to be given to you for you to feel like you have permissions to love yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, that, that quest for self love is insatiable because like to go back to what I was saying, like you're you're white and society is fundamentally white. But at the same time, you might be fat or you might be poor or you might be an immigrant. Like there's so many different things where it's like there's no one 
except for Gwyneth Paltrow, who is going to completely have like every single privilege that exists under the sun. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I guess at that point, it's it's just about understanding that that quest and that desire to finally arrive. And even Gwyneth herself do, has not arrived at self-love. But that quest and that desire to finally arrive to the pinnacle of self-love is insatiable. Like you, you just will never get there. And in accepting that, you get there. Like mm. that is... Self-love is accepting that self-love is an insatiable desire and desires are the cause of suffering. So the only way to absolve yourself from that suffering is to detach from the outcome of those desires. Like that's all you have. Do you think it's about detaching though or just injecting Mm. a bit more realism into it? Because we can all see how we've been conditioned to assume that the outcome of any action is is complete satisfaction. You know what I mean? Like Mm. if I go to the gym every day for three years, get the body I want, I'm going to be completely satisfied. And we know, no, your insecurities will change and move and be malleable. So if we all start understanding that like complete and utter satisfaction is not anybody's portion, unless you're probably like naive and live in a bubble, then like, is that not enough? And if it's not enough, then like, what is the solution? And then also, I'm also confused by the fact, like not that everybody is comfortable with the idea of self evolution or self growth, or even has the interest in it. But if there, if you can think about ways, um, that you're not happy with yourself and there are things that you can change and like you, it's in your power to change it and you want to, then why don't you? I'm also mm. confused about that. And not even what from a privilege mean? standpoint. So if you're saying that I don't like that, um, I don't like that I, that I don't like leave the house and do enough fun things, you know? Yeah. You have money, you have friends, um, but you don't. Oh my God, like those, like, no, no. It's more like these memes of like, you know, you see those memes of like, they always have the girl being like, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. No one ever wants to hang out with me. And then like 10 friends at her door being like, hey, let's hang out. Let's hang <laughs> yeah, out. Like, yeah. No, I'm so lonely. <laughs> like, have we gotten to this point where we've identified so heavily with this idea of like, Ooh. just being like casual, chill people. Like, oh, of course I don't love myself, but I'm fine. Yeah. Has yeah. that become like a priority of being like, oh no, I don't love myself in a lot of ways. Let me and work it's on this. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I think self-deprecation on social media particularly is the order of the day. Like Mm. we so heavily identify with memes that are self-deprecating that I think on a subconscious level, it just becomes part of our identity. Like how like depression is the new, is the new black, you know, like Mm. depression is the new black. And in a lot of ways, depression is like the new hourglass figure. I swear. Yeah, (laughs) no, it fully is. It fully, fully is. And so in a lot of ways, it's harmful because A, it, 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 it reframes depression not as an illness, but like as a personality trait. Mm. So now like people have taken on anxiety and depression as like an, a personality trait. And then even if you do have depression, because it's so casual and normalized and it's a meme and it's trendy and it's cool, you now internalize it as a state of being as opposed to like a passing a fleeting a chemical imbalance or a temporary illness and so like once you internalize something as your identity it becomes permanent as opposed to transient and that then now we've run into a problem you know Mm. like and like how can you 
how can you cultivate self-love or even self-awareness or even self-compassion when you internalize an illness as an identity it becomes almost impossible why do you think depression and anxiety is the new hourglass figure Um, that's gonna be the title of this this episode (laughs) i mean i don't actually know I, I mean, I could, hi- uh, I could hypothesize and say that because enough people now have it, it would be, or not, not, not have it, but enough people are now privy to it. Mm. Um, it doesn't make sense to marginalize such a huge group of people. So we might as well like reclaim it. I don't know, actually. And I don't yeah. think it's anything to be embarrassed or ashamed of, but like I see people like almost wishing for mental illness like we used to wish for glasses when we were in <laughs> primary school or wish for braces when we were in primary school because our friend had it and we didn't have it and you're kind of like yeah yeah it's no, not literally. like it's not an ideal state of being it's yeah. somebody's circumstance and it's really funny so yesterday on my instagram story i was asking everyone what is the wildest thing that you've ever done for attention? Oh my God. And two of the most common answers. The first one was, I used to starve myself um, as a cry for help or to get my mom's attention or to get my friend's attention. And then eventually that led to an eating disorder and now I have an eating disorder. The second one was, I used to pretend to be depressed or I used to I used to self-harm or pretend to like commit suicide and things like that just as a cry for attention. And it's really interesting that I think the same thing has happened with depression where it's like, oh, shit. Well, if my best friend has depression, maybe I can relate to her more or maybe she'll give me more attention if I also have depression. So like, let me fake this thing. Or, I mean, we're all social beings and we all want to fit in. So the lengths that people go for attention, validation and belonging are wild. You know, and that's mm. not to say that everyone who is suicidal or self-harms or has disordered eating is doing it for attention. Like, absolutely not. But it was really interesting to see that the vast majority of the answers on my story was people harming themselves just to feel a sense of belonging or just to feel seen. That is hectic. So hectic. Hmm. Wild. I I wonder where that behavior is perceived in terms of being like subjectively good and bad, like on a spectrum, not in a binary sense. Ooh, what do you mean? If you like, let's say you're a person who's like, I used to, um, I used to fake having depression so people would give me attention, right? Mm. Like morally, where does that sit? Where you're kind of like, okay, we're going to now like wear mental disorders like trends because we see the response it has. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then what responsibility do you have to like let people know that that is what you were doing? Interesting. Yeah, I mean- I can't say it's unethical. Someone actually responded and said, I broke my own arm just so people would come visit me in hospital. And they came and visited me. So, you know what I mean? I cannot call someone unethical. It goes back to what you say about intent versus impact. Mm. The intention is really quite pure. I think the one thing that every human being has 
is the desire for validation. Like we mm. all are just biologically wired to belong. We're just social beings. So I ca- like that intention is pure, but the impact of that is terrible because now we have a real life mental ill. And like the thing about depression that sucks is that it's it's an invisible illness. So not only is it invisible, but now it's just watered down and seen as a trend and like everyone's claiming to have it just so they can not everyone but if so many people are claiming to have it it's hard to diagnose the people who actually do have it and it's hard to treat them properly do you know what i mean so there's a lot of like social implications of that but i can fully understand like i myself have wanted attention so I can fully understand why people go to such lengths just to get attention. Like, I get it, you know? And who am I to judge? Do you remember when um, that uh, that model, she, um, she modeled for Fenty and she pretended that she was transgender really? after being transphobic? <laughs> <laughs> and- <laughs> I am... Um, Floored. I'm on the floor. I'm, I'm the floor. dead. And basically, like, not that this is similar, but it reminded me of that of that time. She's basically saying that you know she apologizes for the remarks that she made, and she panicked and thought that if she came out as trans, it could make things better. Um, but it made things worse, and that she's like only twenty, and you know, like she should have known better, but she didn't because she's young. And then she started making all these Instagram stories saying like taking photos with what's um you know hunter from euphoria oh, yeah. yeah yeah you know putting photos of her and hunter on the story being like why would i do this if i was transphobic oh my god just doing the most yeah honestly and then she was like you know it's fine if you're mad at me it's fine if you don't want to talk to me but like if you're trans and you want to help educate me on the topic like like i intended in the first place then DM me and like, you know, get to know. Otherwise you're just making me feel bad for no reason. And then post small photos being like, I love my trans friends. What the fuck? <laughs> I- the things people will do. It's interesting. It is so fascinating. No, human beings. The ghetto. Very ghetto, but very fascinating. I can see why the aliens are always watching us. Like I get like, oh, what, this is their reality absolutely. show. <laughs> Earth is like Love Island. No. <laughs> Are you watching the new season? No, I haven't gone to it yet. How is it? It's not as good as last season. Aw. Last season was just especially cooked and crazy. Like, yeah. I can understand how I lost sleep over it. This season's funny, but pretty much the same tropes from last season just execu- executed poorly because the characters aren't as interesting characters what am i saying the people aren't <laughs> as interesting but the we just got to characters ca- we yeah. got to cast a more a couple maybe two days ago so it's getting good Ooh. okay yeah i should get i should get into it i was watching the australian one no yeah it was just a no i just felt like everyone was too polite yeah like you know what i mean like there's too much politeness it was just yeah no it was a no so the point of this episode is i mean at this point there is no good answer or any answer as to why people do or don't love themselves um me, me, perhaps self-neutrality is a better way to look at it 
in the sense of like mm. loving or hating yourself is secondary to the fact that you're just a person who gets to live yeah it's a privilege yeah. in itself yeah. to like enjoy <laughs> maybe adding <laughs> love as a layer is just too it's too intricate for what we're doing here Honestly. we've got mere minutes on this earth <laughs> love yourself or not just enjoy <laughs> just enjoy that <laughs> i don't know and um but if you are somebody who says they love things about themselves, um, ask yourself, like, what about those things you actually love? Mm. Because it's it's one thing to be like, you know, I love that um, I'm able to, you know, do things that are inherently good for me. So I know that I'm, I'm able to exercise and eat well, but why do you do those things? Why is that a priority? Why do you value yourself for those reasons? And keep mm. asking yourself why. I think that's really interesting. And then- yeah. um, contrasting to that like if you don't love yourself why do you think that is what do you think's influenced that do you think you have the capacity to do so is it even something that concerns you the fact that you don't love yourself or is it now just being brought to your attention Mm. the point is this doesn't need to be necessarily a thread on the facebook group but just like an introspective exercise yeah like introspect have a think and also um see how the the things that you love and hate about yourself like where do they intersect because for me they're all the same things and that could also be an interesting like thought exercise you know Mm. yeah like I think the thing I love the most about myself is my brain but it's also the thing I hate the most about myself period you know it causes me the most anguish Mm -hmm. but also it's so entertaining to exist inside my mind like I could sit under a tree for six hours by myself and be fully entertained. Like I just, I love it in here, you know, but I also hate it. So ultimately I love it. Yeah. So like interrogate the things that you love and hate yourself and where they intersect. And also a follow on thought is how, what is, how would you feel if you, found out or became privy to the fact that everybody around you that you love doesn't love themselves how does that make you feel are you indifferent are you disappointed do you like does it whatever but i think that like similar to like when they talk about like negative self-talk and how they say that if you are someone who like speaks negatively about yourself a lot perhaps if you thought of yourself as a friend you realize you wouldn't speak to yourself in that way so like similar to this like Perhaps it's not a big deal for you not to love yourself. But if you found out that everyone that you loved didn't love themselves, how would that make you feel? Mm. Not that it should make you feel anything. Just asking. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good question. All right, well, so, enjoy everyone. We have Thanks it. for listening. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for listening. This is a really fun episode. I'm curious to hear what everyone thinks. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. The link is in the description of this episode. We are also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We are on every single platform as Bobo and Flex. So follow us, keep up with us, and let's continue the critical thinking and the conversations. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 